Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Julius Bear's Moving Markets podcast. It's Monday, the 4th of March, and my name is Helen Freer. I'll be talking about the latest market news with Bernadette and Deco this morning. And then, as usual on a Monday, I'll be speaking to Menzel Pachinci and getting his latest thoughts on the markets from the technical side. But first up is Bernadette. Good morning, Bernadette. Good morning, Helen. Perhaps you could start with a quick reminder for our listeners of how the markets closed the week last week. Yes, sure, Helen. Uh, Well, uh, Europe's benchmark index hit a new record high on Friday, fueled by rate-sensitive stocks. Um, Investors continuing to appreciate these upbeat corporate earnings. And indeed, they seem to be looking past data, which showed core prices remaining stubbornly high. So the pan-European stock 600 closed 0.6% up at an all-time high, logging its sixth straight weekly gain. Uh, Germany's DAX climbed 0.3%. That also achieved a fresh record high and indeed emerged as the best performer amongst its uh, top regional peers so far in 2024. The uh, stock 600 did briefly take a hit after data showed eurozone inflation dipped last month, uh, but underlying price growth uh, proved to be sticky. And another data set showing manufacturing activity continued to contract last month, although firms were optimistic about the year ahead. Um, This inflation figure data also prompted Goldman Sachs to push back its ECB rate forecast to the first one um, in June rather than April. And that data comes a day after US prices logged their smallest annual increase in three years, keeping mid-year Federal Reserve rate cut prospects alive and obviously uh, boosting global sentiment. Okay, uh, what about US markets then? Yeah, so in the US on Friday, the tech-heavy Nasdaq advanced 1.14%. That uh, notched a new high above 16,302 during the session. And a day earlier, the index closed for its first record high since November 2021. Uh, The S&P 500 added 0.8%. That was its first close above the 5,100 threshold. And the Dow Jones Industrial Average gained 0.23%. And indeed, uh, Bank of America upgraded its forecast for the US equity market this year and set a 5,400 year-end target for the S&P 500. That implies uh, around a 5% gain from Friday's closing level. Okay, uh, let's move into this week then. Uh, What have you been seeing happening in Asian markets this morning? Yola, a rally in technology shares has sent Asian stocks broadly higher today, and that's ahead of the Reserve, uh, sorry, that's ahead of Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell's congressional testimony this week. And of course, we've got the China National People's Congress. Um, tech equities outperformed. Uh, Taiwan Semiconductor Manufacturing Company and Samsung Electronics Company led the gains there. We saw Japan's Nikkei 225 cross the 40,000 mark this morning. That gain just, well, just shy of half a percent, setting a new record high. The broader topics fell 0.12%, retreating from its all-time high on Friday. Um, Elsewhere in Asia, India's Nifty 50 rose, led by energy stocks. That set a new record for the third straight day. And South Korea's Kospi rose 1.27%, while the small cap Kostak was up uh, just over 1%. So uh, South Korean markets, they're returning for trading after a long weekend. And could you tell us a bit more about what we can expect from China this week? Yes, uh, investors will be watching China's so-called two sessions meetings today. So uh, we saw the CSI 300 this morning edging 
just 0.1% lower after having opened higher, and Hong Kong's Hang Seng Index fell 0.2%. These two sessions refer to uh, two meetings, two annual meetings of Chinese legislature. So we have the National People's Congress, the NPC, and the country's top political advisory body, the Chinese People's Political Consultative Conference. And at these meetings, the Chinese Premier Li Kuang is expected to deliver the government's work report, and that should detail economic and policy goals for the world's second largest economy, and that should include gross domestic product growth target. But this morning, it's been announced that Chinese Premier is actually skipping the MPC briefing for the first time since 1993. And that's broadly being seen as a sign that uh, they might be less open about what's happening going forwards. Right. And um, anything to report on the commodities front? Yes, uh, oil prices slightly higher. Uh, West Texas intermediate crude prices briefly crossed the $80 mark for the first time in four months as Saudi Arabia and Russia, together with uh, some of the other key OPEC plus producers, said that they're going to extend voluntary crude supply cuts until the end of the second quarter. Yeah, elsewhere, Bitcoin briefly breached the $64,000 level as it gained for the second day. Uh, traders are now expecting the cryptocurrency to surpass its uh, record $69,000 price. A reminder that was reached during the COVID pandemic. OK, um, and any other news that's caught your eye that you'd highlight this morning? Yeah, um, a couple of things. Uh, if you haven't already seen the headlines, this uh, crisis hit Swedish pension manager Elekta is losing its new chairman. Uh, she's only one week into the job, Karina uh, Ackerstrom, but um, her sudden exit now casts doubt over the fund's ability to manage its affairs. So I think that's going to be a story to keep watching. Um, and in the US, Nikki Haley has notched up her first victory in the 2024 Republican primaries. She won the vote in the District of Columbia. Haley, as you obviously know, is the only remaining challenger to Donald Trump, won nearly 63% of the vote versus uh, the former president. And that means that she'll pick up 19 delegates. That sounds good, but that's a small portion of the 1,250 15 delegates needed to clinch the nomination. Um, and yet uh, the likely presidential candidates continue providing fuel for those who say that they're a bit too old to do the job. So on, on Friday, President Biden announced that the US was uh, preparing to airdrop humanitarian supplies into Ukraine, when he obviously meant to say Gaza. And on Saturday at a rally in Virginia, Mr. Trump declared that Putin um, has so little respect for Obama that he's starting to throw around the nuclear word. And clearly he meant Biden and not Obama. So that's now the third time he's mixed up the names of the former and current president. So we'll um, just have to follow the story there. OK, what about data wise? Any big data coming out this week? Well, yes. Uh, well, tomorrow, obviously, we've got the blowout day for politics uh, in both the China and the US. And then the rest of the week does belong to macroeconomic releases with the US Federal Reserve's Beige Book, the European Central Bank decision and the US Employment Report in focus. So that report will close the week with, uh, well, what Christian Gattaca describes as the most important macroeconomic release on a global scale. So another solid print of 190,000 new jobs uh, created is expected, and that should show whether the labour markets defied gravity yet again after so many quarters. And just lastly then, how are we expecting markets to open today? Uh, Europe seems set to follow the US and Asia higher this morning. The US futures showing a little more mixed picture at the market open, so perhaps taking a breather. That's it from me, Helen. Great. Thanks a lot, Bernadette, for the nice roundup to start the week. Thanks for having me on. Have a good week, everyone. Now, Menzo, good morning to you and welcome to the show. Good morning, Helen. So 
we just keep seeing more all-time highs. I mean, we've just heard it from Bernadette, the S&P 500 and the NASDAQ, but also in Europe, indices including the DAX and the Eurostox 50, for example. Um, so what signs do you look for, Menzel, that might indicate when equities can't go any higher? <laughs> yes, that's a good question. So uh, we still think that equities are climbing the wall of worry. So the mood and, uh, and, uh, and the feeling of investors is uh, cautious. And you see it, uh, how strongly they uh, go up. So it indicates to us that basically investors came into the year quite cautious, uh, with caution um, mind and caution position. So um, the question is uh, quite important. So what to look for for the equity rally to uh, to top off? Um, there is, of course, no perfect sign, but one uh, reliable sign is market breadth. So meaning that only a handful of stocks at the end are moving the market higher. The question is, uh, are we there? If you look at the media, you might say, yes, we're there, you know, the Magnificent Seven and so on. But basically, the reality is the opposite. So, for example, in the US, we are seeing a broadening of the rally. So we are seeing small cap stocks joining the rally, moving to multi-month highs. So from that point of view, we think it's a bit too early to think about uh, the peak of equity markets. Okay. Let's also talk about the UK, though, because things look a bit different there. The FTSE 100 is actually one of the worst performing indices out of the major indices in Europe so far this year. Um, do you see this underperformance continuing? Yes. I mean, the, the UK equity market is a long-term laggard. And um, if you think of UK equities, basically, you should think of... Uh, inflation or commodity bull market because the index is so heavily uh, tilted towards commodity producers and financials that probably it will only profit if uh, you see a sustainable bull market in commodities and rising interest rates, which we don't see. So the UK equity market probably will remain a long-term underperformer which of course doesn't mean that there are some uh, individual stocks as a European investor which you could own or you should own. But uh, generally speaking, uh, the UK is not a market that you should be um, spending too much time about uh, thinking about. Okay. Um, and let's look at fixed income now and high yield because high yield bonds have been on an impressive run, right? Do you think this can continue? Yes, uh, so high yield uh, probably are in the best of all phases. So uh, uh, the economic environment uh, is okay-ish. Uh, you know, the economy is not overheating. It's not in a recession. Interest rates generally are moving slightly down to sideways and uh, investors are cautious. So when we look at U.S. high yields, basically we see that they not only outperform uh, U.S. government bonds, they outperform as well, uh, inflation-linked bonds, um, high-grade uh, investment-grade bonds. So we think uh, there is uh, further upside potential in uh, U.S. high-yield bonds, especially if interest rates continue to drop or if they if they really drop, let's say if the U.S. Treasury goes to 370, I mean, that would be really a boost for U.S. high-yield bonds. And it indicates one more time that investors came into the year a bit too cautious. So um, the riskiest segments uh, here as well do outperform the safe haven segments of the market. Okay, uh, wonderful. Thanks very much, Menzo, for the update. Thank you, Helen. Wishing you a nice day. 
So that is all for today. Thank you again to my guests and thank you all for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's show, don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already. And please also leave us a review on whichever platform you like to listen on. And do join us again tomorrow when I'll be back and talking to more of our colleagues about what is moving markets. Have a great start to the week, everyone, and bye for now. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast constitute marketing material and are not the result of independent financial or investment research. Please refer to www.juliasbear.com forward slash legal forward slash podcasts for further other important legal information. Beyond Markets is a weekly podcast where Julius Bear experts and external speakers discuss some of the latest market developments. They share their key research and insights on today's ever-changing economic landscape and present practical advice. Search for Beyond Markets on your favourite podcast player.